What's going on, people? Welcome back. This is the Emerging Nine Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Maroney here with Jay Woodson, McLean Boyd, and we're back for another episode. So, how's everyone doing out there, boys? Doing good. Just doing a good. great Monday to be alive. <laughs> it's wonderful. Just it another is. wonderful, wonderful Monday. That's right. Um, we had some football. You guys watching any football this past weekend? I did another great weekend of NFL football. Another eventful weekend. A couple surprise, I guess, a surprise with the Bengals beating them. Yeah, I guess more Sunday than weekend. Yeah, weekend before was more weekend. Um, yeah, KC goes down, chokes it away in the second half. Patrick Mahomes yeah. turned into Zach Wilson or something. I don't know what the hell happened there. That was it. Was awful. Um. Real quick on Patrick Mahomes, man. I really used to like that guy until I learned more about his brother and his girlfriend. They get they hammered. They are getting awful. hammered on social media. They're awful individuals. What did they? What did they do? Like I know that he's done some weird stuff in the past, but just did he do something this weekend? His no. brother goes around Kansas City acting like he's God and gets hammered and just makes an absolute ass of himself. And people have him on camera now at this point. There's a bunch of videos that have surfaced of him just being absolutely belligerent and ignorant, talking about how he's some big to do when it's really he's just happened to have a good bloodline. And his brother is Patrick Mahomes and his girlfriend, wife, whatever that person is. She's a, a leech from very young, apparently. Like she's been on him for a long time. And I, maybe I shouldn't use the word leech. I might not be close enough to to <laughs> characterize someone that way. Um, but long story short, she also sucks. Like she's bad for society. Um, and at the end of the day, she yeah, it is she, his wife. Yeah, it's his wife. Yeah, yeah. it's even worse. Um, but yeah, her and his brother have actually put me against Patrick Mahomes, who I actually like kind of like, it's a very, like, it's a very similar to like a LeVar ball situation. It's like, I, I want to hate his kids. And it's like, I don't really like Lonzo, but I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan. So, you know, got to rep LaMelo, but then you look at his dad and it's like, man, I, God, he's really fucking it up for you guys. <laughs> I mean, those kids are good. They're good players too, and they're pretty. Are good players. You can't argue pretty, with how he trained them. They're pretty low key and they're pretty res- respectful for the most part. I mean, I haven't seen them be completely outlandish, especially no. especially Lonzo. He was pretty chill with the whole thing. Lamelo's and, even more chill, but I think a lot of it is that they're I, they're embarrassed by their dad. Uh, probably it. They're <laughs> embarrassed by their dad. I mean, that's why they. You know, Lonzo rejected his dad's brand and all this stuff. I mean, he they're embarrassed by their dad. So that's yeah. Yeah, I get nothing to say on the ball brothers and family. I get nothing there. Sorry. They're good. They're good. They're, no, they're, they're good. They're good. They're fine. Yeah. Well, Leangelo, Leangelo is the one that floated around the G League. I don't think he made it. I'm not sure if he's still I think he's in over, the G League. He was over in Europe. Lonzo's done yeah. well, and Lamelo's making quite a name for himself with my Hornets. Um, so, you know, it's 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 hard to argue with a guy. I mean, he had three kids in the NBA at, at one time. I don't know anyone else that's done that. Pretty good. I, I, I don't know of anyone else who has tried to play the part that this guy has. Um, but hey, it's it, results speak for themselves. I don't know. I didn't know Charlotte Hornets fans existed. <laughs> it's a real thing. Just like yeah, Jacksonville sorry, Jaguar we just don't fans pull for people because all they do is win. You know. Excuse me. 
I'm sorry. What was that? My bad. I wasn't. Excuse that wasn't directed me? towards you. wasn't directed towards you. Okay. wasn't directed towards you. Your tone said otherwise. Oh no, I'm sorry. It definitely came off incorrect. You know, <laughs> that's that's a total misstep by me. Let me show you my <laughs> my sweatshirt that I'm wearing tonight. I figured it'd be a Buccaneer sweatshirt. I really. Don't. I don't have any Buccaneers gear. I'm not. I'm not. I root for Tom Brady. Maybe I won't be rooting for him anymore. But no, it's it's team over team over player. I got it's all Patriots. Who the hell knows what's going on there? I don't know what's what a going shit on. Show that announcement was, huh? Adam Schefter jumping the gun there. Yeah, Tom came out even today. He did a podcast and said like. No, I'm. I haven't made a decision yet. I'm still thinking this day by day. And he's like, I was trying to have a nice weekend away, and <laughs> didn't turn out that way. So yeah, that was. Uh, that's crazy. I, I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of rumors in Boston about what's going on. He's trying to leverage the Buccaneers to for something. There's words that he he's not happy with Arians, and he wants Arians out if he's going to come back for another year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, because a lot of the Boston reporters are still close to him and his agent and his family and the whole camp and his trainer. And so they get a lot of scoops even still. Yeah. Yeah. And there's reports that he's just not that happy with Arians and he wants Arians out. And so they think it might be a leverage play to get him out for his last year. And, you know, he's worried about maybe losing Todd Bowles or Leftwich, the coordinators there, whose names have popped up for some of the head coaching gigs and. So I don't know, you know, maybe he wants players, maybe, maybe he's just going to retire. Maybe he just doesn't know, but he's made so many people rich. Oh yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Just by being affiliated with them, yeah. you know, and I mean, he, he says he was going to play till 45. He's 44 and he's not slowing down. He just threw for over 5,000 yards and led the league in touchdowns. I mean, he's, he's slowing down, but not from the way that you're, I mean, he had a great year, yeah, but he, he's getting slow. Oh, he's I mean, always been slow. We're know, from his he, physical speed. He is, he is really moving slow in the pocket. Like it's like, it, if, if anyone puts any pressure in his face, he just ducks down to his knees and just, that's it. It's like, Oh man, it's like got no shot to get out of there. I mean, he still throws the ball. Great. I mean, yeah. obviously that's the number one thing, but it's like, man, if they, if they, if they're good at all, if they've got a good defensive front, uh, you know, good edge rushers, and then some some like good guys up and up in the middle. Depending on what type of uh, stunts they do, and they can get to him in his face. I mean, everybody talks about that all the time. And the reason they say it is because he can't move. Like if that happens to Patrick Mahomes, he just bounces to outside and he scrambles for five or six yards, or he throws a sidearm pass for sixty yards to Tyreek Hill, which is getting annoying. I it think is. He- get- he, he does that too much. He relies on schoolyard ball too much. Mahomes. I think That's what gets catch, him in trouble. I think it's catching up with him, you know, not to get, we're not obviously football analysts, but just from like, just watching sports, you know, it's, it's like they got so cute at the end of that game. It's like, just score the freaking touchdown. Just yeah. score. Well, they got cute at the end of the first half. Yeah, that too. But I mean, at the end of the game, you're trying to win the game. Just score the touch. I don't care how much time's left. So he kept running around trying to, you know, run waste time so they could score almost get too cocky on offense got too cocky and hell they, they almost got out of field goal range luckily they got one of the best kickers in the game well he almost fumbled it luckily his offensive lineman jumped on it no it's just like just score and just you know take your chances you know and yeah, but anyway that that's that was my two cents on i mean yeah. you've got the you've got one of the most high power, high powered offenses in the game it's like and they came out they looked 
uh, it looked like a completely different team in the second half. They just played super passive, which is really weird for him. <clears throat> Patrick Williams is like he was playing careful. He looked like Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's like, I'm just being real careful. Let's not make any mistakes. Let's not throw the ball. Let's not push it. Let's not throw the ball down the field. Let's just, let's just, you know, make the safe play, which, yeah. I mean, that rarely works out to win a, to win a Super Bowl. Correct. Yeah. But yeah, we'll look forward to the uh, Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens with, with Tommy, with TB12. It'll be interesting. That Super Bowl should be pretty good, only because Joe Burrow is on that Bengals team. If it was any, if it were any other quarterback, they would definitely not be there. Oh no! I mean, which obviously it's easy to say that, but I mean, it's really incredible that the second year guy. I mean, what are the the stat was the he's the the first player to win the Heisman and take. Oh no, I'm sorry, the third player. I think Joe Namath and Joe Montana were the only other two players to win the Heisman and take their team to the take their team to the Super to Bowl. win the Heisman and win the Super Bowl if he were and, to win and if he were to win the Super Bowl but he might be the first or second to go to the national championship game and the Super Bowl and that might have been what the stat is maybe, maybe that's what it was I mean it was a couple of crazy stats but it's he's he's there's something about that guy he's just he's not the fastest he's not he's not any of the things that you would you know, he doesn't throw it the furthest. He's, you know, not the tallest, not the strongest, not the quickest, but he's got a little, little something. He's got a little bit of everything there. Just a little, of everything. little chip on his shoulder that he's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how to do it. I love it. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he is very cocky. Talk about cocky. Yeah. He is yeah. very cocky. Uh, you got it. You got to have that. So, um, but we did have some golf today or excuse me, this weekend ended on Saturday. Um, I've been I've been dying to ask this question or have hey McLean, can you ask me who won DraftKings? Go ahead, do it. Hey Mike, who won DraftKings this week? Buddy? Your mom. Sorry, I just wanted <laughs> to throw a your mom joke in there. <laughs> but literally, your mother won DraftKings. So how does that make you feel? Um. Well, considering <laughs> she's already, I did not know that face. she won, not great. won the DraftKings. <laughs> I yep. thought your big. Going real, real cheesy with the with the jokes. I was like, man. no, that was a, it. Was a legit. Your mom, his mom won. That's why I had to have that. <laughs> yep. True story. True story. That's awesome. Five forty. Uh, smoked him. Smoked him. Yeah. She ran away with it. She had Luke List on her team, right? She had Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, Justin Rose, Luke List, Tringali, and Carlos Ortiz. So, mm. Get yeah. it, Mama. Solid. Strong Solid team. team. Get it, Mama. Strong team. We got to have her on to make picks. <laughs> we can do that. She would She would uh, object to our cavalier usage of the F word uh, amongst a couple of other things. I don't, I don't hear about it often, but, you know, when I yeah. do. Well, that's all right. So, um, yeah, so we did have... Uh, Luke Liss gets it done for his first career win in a playoff over Zalatoris, who I had picked to win the his first event of his career. Um, but you got Rom came in uh, came in set, or tied for second with Tringali. Jason Day, the ghost of Jason Day, past came back, um, played well, won back. So yeah, I guess what do you guys take away from the weekend? Um, 
I, I kind of caught most of the final round. I was following along on Saturday. We had a, a birthday bash for my oldest Isabella, her eighth birthday this weekend. So happy birthday, sweetie. Happy Love birthday. Um, so I was kind of following along and then I, I watched um, a lot of the reruns, I guess, yesterday and today, parts of it to get caught up. But what did you guys make of the playoff, the event, uh, just Tori in general? The same thing that I've said the last couple of years, I don't rem- remember any holes other than 18. <laughs> you know, I think the course is awesome. It looks cool. It looked the good. View- yeah. The views are great, but I really don't remember much other than uh, 18. Like, even when I was watching it live, I was like, oh, here they go. They're on 17th hole, the par three. I'm like, oh, no, that's 16, the par yeah. three. I was like, ah, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> but seven or 18 is, is a cool par five. Um, it does our, always come down. It seems like it always comes down to 18, yeah. every event there. Um, yeah. and we kind of, I, you know, I kind of bashed the course a little bit when back in the summer with the U S open. Um, but it does, I guess it always brings drama, you know, and they play one round on the North course in this event, which people just go stupid low and then just hold on for dear life on the South course pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, Luke list 65 on Sunday or excuse me, 66 on that golf course, got in almost two hours ahead of time. Just sat there and waited and waited and waited. Good enough to post a number and then hit an incredible shot um, to kick in in the playoff. Yeah, incredible shot. McLean, your take? I think a lot of people made a big, big deal all of a sudden about Zalatoris uh, putting, and he seemed to hang in there Sunday and grind it out even though it may not be the most orthodox movement in the world and certainly not something that anyone's getting ready to start teaching. But I, I have a feeling that, well, I know for a fact, whatever you do, if you can do it repetitively, it doesn't matter. You can adjust for it. You can make putts. Uh, but I have a feeling that we're getting ready to see a lot more of him. Um, I think there was a lot of, a lot of focus put on something that could all of a sudden became very shaky uh, as soon as that focus is applied. He didn't look shaky to me. He hung in there. That putt on the last hole, if he hits it a half cup harder, he wins the golf tournament. Um, it wasn't like he had a bad putt. Um, I think at the end of the day, I, I, I was really impressed by what Zalatoris did. I think we're going to see more from him this year. I think he's going to continue what he what he did last year. He, he created a really nice kind of footing for himself. But I feel like he's in the door at this point, and we're going to see uh, we're going to see him capitalize anytime now. I think his putting is hard to watch. It is. As someone who loves putting, the art of putting, it's my favorite part of the game. I've studied it the most. I enjoy good putters, even though those don't matter anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, God, it's hard to watch sometimes. It is It is shaky. It is. Ooh, like the announcers even are like, oh, oh, oh okay, yeah. it went in. Like <laughs> uncomfortable. It's, it's uncomfortable well. to watch. And I mean, he had the really bad one on Friday in the third round. I think I sent that to you guys where, he, I mean, he almost misses it off a toe. He did the same thing back at the uh, the British back in the summer. Same kind of thing from Shorty from Gimme Range. Missed it, almost misses it off the toe. Whew, I don't know. Like, it's funny. You, we've, we've talked a lot about guys who are, have won recently, hitting the ball great and putting so-so, Morikawa, Hideki Matsuyama. I don't I don't know what the stats the say. One. I don't know what the stats say relative to those guys, but his stroke seems way worse than those two. He's he's one hundred and forty first hundred and forty first in strokes game putting. Uh T to green. Um 
he is number one. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, number one approach to the green, number one, number one strokes gain T to green, uh, strokes gain total. He's still fifth. That's even with 100 ranked 141st and putting, giving up, you know, I mean, he's given up uh, two tenths of a stroke and putting, but I mean, and, and even that around the green, just like a, a short game, he's 57. So, he obviously is not terrible with this short game. It's just, it's really just the short putts that that he's got an issue with. The longer putts, the speed's fine, which I think is what keeps him keeps him in this. You know, he, exactly I, I didn't, I, his speed didn't look that bad to me on on greens that you know are, have a the history of being a little uh, bumpy. Um, he, his speed was pretty good. It was just again, it's just the short putts he just doesn't look comfortable with. And you know, if you're that good at ball striking. You can miss you can miss some of those if you just kind of if you can dink a couple of them in here and there and shoot two or three under every day you're going to be in the hunt which is what he yeah. what he did. This is why you can go ahead and look out for him this week. What you see on Poe Greens, yeah, see bad putters play well. Did you yeah. hear? So his third round, he shoots sixty five on the south course, which is dirty getting at, getting after it, and he missed seven birdie putts inside of seventeen feet. Yes, while shooting sixty five. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I watched that round. It was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I, I don't know why more people aren't really analyzing his golf swing. He, it, you know, he, they do, he has got a similar motion through the ball as, as Colin Morikawa, in my opinion, just the way their the, the way their arms and the way they release the club looks very similar. Their body types are obviously really different. I mean, Morikawa is a lot is shorter and more stocky and Zalatoris is a bean pole. Um, and his leg action is a little different, but through the ball, the hand and arm action and the way the club releases through the ball is, is pretty similar. Um, yeah, it's a little, a little bit of higher plane. He gets it up there a little, little higher than, than Morikawa. Yeah, yeah. On the backswing, I'm talking yeah, through the ball, but even still, even through the ball, it's a little higher plane, similar action is a higher plane. Not, not much. I mean, if you look at, if you look at how Zalatoris' handle gets pretty low and left as he swings through, as he swings through. Um, it's very, it's pretty similar. You know, they just, once that handle gets there, they just kind of turn and rotate through and that club face stays super square for a long, long time. Hence they're, they're, you know, one and two in the world and strokes gain T to green. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm surprised more people haven't really, you know, uh, dove into his kind of technique, you know, with his iron game and just see exactly what he's doing. So he's doing something right. Um, yeah, he's doing something right with his long game, not so much his short game or his putting. I just, I don't know. I can't get over it. I think I, he I just, puts it good enough though. I, I truly think he puts it good enough. The way he hits the ball, continuing to hit. I, I, now that's the key. Can you continue to hit the ball that well for a long period of time? I don't know, but he puts it good enough that if he hits the ball the way he has been and it, what he's shown over the last 14 months, I think he's going to be someone we're going to see a lot of. I don't know. I don't trust the putting. I, I've never seen Hideki Matsuyama or Colin Morikawa almost miss their putter face from four feet. <laughs> but but I have seen guys be perennial tour players that don't putt that great. But they no, can I, get a I, team green with the absolute best of them. I, all I'm saying, I don't think the guy's going away anytime soon. No, because he gets it too well, and that's what the game yeah. is. And we've talked about that enough. He's not going in. And what, yeah. Is he going to win? You know, people think he's really young, too. He he's not that young. How old is he? He's 25, 26. 
I mean, Jordan Spieth won, won 11 times by he was this age. Justin Thomas had won nine times by he was by the time he was this age. Rory McIlroy had won 13 times by the time he was his age. Well, I mean, uh, it, you know, I don't think you're trying to say that he's going to be Rory McIlroy or you no, know, but, but but I think people want to crown him as the next one of the next young guys, and I just don't, I don't know. No, I don't. I wouldn't say that. I, I think he's going to all. He's going to be the guy that you're always going to see. He's going to win. You know, once a year, once every other year, he's going to probably have ten PJ Tour wins to his credit by the time he's done. Yeah, he's going to be a mix between Charles Howell the third and um, like a Charlie Hoffman, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, they're all all great ball strikers, and they're, he's going to win his fair share of tournaments just because he's he's so good. Um, Tee to green, but like, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this. Obviously, you know, to be in the hunt, it, it comes down to ball striking. To win, you have to be able to put the ball in the hole. I mean, we, we, we got to be able to do it under pressure. There, there is that close out an event. Exactly. There, there's that, there's that it factor that we, that no one can really quantify, but the guys who can win the tournaments down the stretch, they make the big putts, whether they're great putters or not, they make those putts. Um, and you know, it's, if he, if he puts like that, it's probably going to be hard for him to do it. Cause he's got so many, what is he arm lock and, He's doing arm lock and claw, right? Well, so or the it's not. Grip. Yeah, it's not a claw. It's some weird other thing. I don't know. But his, but his right hand is not call it the, on call there. Call the lobster. I don't know what the hell he's doing down there. But his right hand is not on there conventionally, even with the arm lock. It's like it's on there a different way. So I mean, I don't know. I he, yeah, he he's. I think he's always going to have good weeks where he just ball strikes everybody to death, and he'll you know get a bunch of. He's going to be a bunch of top fives. He's going to make a bunch of money on the PJ Tour. Oh yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I, I mean, I'm not trying to bash the guy. I just I don't know. It's whew, it's tough to watch sometimes. Like you said though, he's he's better from 30 feet. You know, yeah. than he his stroke looks smoother and freer from that distance. Once he gets inside of five feet, yeah. You know, and that was, I don't think that was a great stroke he made at the end of, to win at the end of regulation. It was a little passive, you know, I, I, it, I think he just struggles with, um, from what it looks like to me, he just struggles with the rhythm of the stroke with those shorter ones. Like he just can't figure it out. He can't find that rhythm, but with the longer the putt, it's easier for him to, you know, to, to hide whatever he is, you know he's missing there when it, when it comes to the rhythm of, of the putt. But when you get to like five, six feet, it's, he, you can tell it's just not, not matching up. Um, yeah. But what about, let's go back. Let's go back. Anything. What'd you guys take on Luke list? Anything? I mean, uh, what a great ball striker that guy is. Um, he, he also has issues putting some issues putting. He is someone who, has had a very sneaky career for a long time. And I was happy to see the kid break through. Uh, I actually played a couple of junior events with him uh, when I was younger. So I remember the name and I've watched it for a while. And, you know, not that by any means we know each other or even close by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but, you know, you follow guys that you saw, follow guys that you played in tournaments with. And uh, it was cool to see him break through. Um, you that know, was his first PGA Tour win? Yeah. Exactly. Yep. First wow! Team, first PJ he lost in a he lost in a playoff to JT at the Honda a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was maybe eighteen, nineteen, somewhere in there. 
looking at his stats, we just talked about Zalatoris, <laughs> how bad we thought he was putting. Um, Luke List is 185 strokes gain putting. <laughs> and it's second strokes gain tee to green, ninth uh, strokes gain total, fourth off the tee, hits it long, hits it pretty straight. So, yeah, I mean, it off every, the everything that you would want, you know, as a player, uh, minus the – I mean, he is – from if you go down the list of the statistical categories, you know, from the top here, strokes gain off the tee, he's fourth. Approach to the green, he's 12th. Around the green, he's 16th. Uh, uh, strokes gain uh, tee to green, second. Strokes gain total, ninth. Scoring average, fifth. Driving distance, seventh. Strokes gain putting, 185. I mean, <laughs> in those in those eight categories, he is in the top 16 of eight of those categories. And, and then his putting is he's in the, the well, he's also having one of the best years of his career. I know it's an early career or early season, excuse me. Um, but you look at his last one, two, three, four, five, last six events, T seven miscut T 11 T 10 T 22 and a win. Yeah. He's playing good. So he's, he's been playing very, very well. Hell, he even had going back to October, the Simpson Farms, 217. Yeah. You know, guys had six top 25s already this year in nine events. Yeah. So he's definitely uh, playing the best golf of his life right now and, and gets his first win, which was cool to see and him celebrate with his family. And I, I had thought he had won the Honda. I was sitting there on the couch arguing with our buddy Ralph. I'm like, I think he won the Honda, but he lost in the playoff to the Honda. It was, what I misremembered. So I had on my draftings team and took him off. Lost to Pammy Love. He blew it, dude. That was a big Pammy Love. Uh, lost to Pammy Love. Congrats again to your mom. <laughs> That's um, did you guys did you guys like the Saturday finish? No. Uh, Wednesday through Saturday? Yeah. I did. No, I, I like it. I like it, especially because I like football and I'm not going to switch back and forth when I'm watching something. So for me, it was better because I could watch the whole ending of the golf. It was kind of primetime golf, which I thought was great. I thought it was I thought I don't know what the viewership was and the ratings, but if if they were trying to compete with the the, uh, AFC NFC championship games, they were going to lose. So they had the whole day. So it sounds like, I guess this was a TV thing. This was CBS idea. And Farmers Insurance at first was not happy with it. It was the reports I was reading. They came around to it. They now like it. It sounds like there might be a thing. Three or four other events are talking about doing the same thing. I don't know if they're fall events, you know, that go up against football in the fall or some of the events um, here in January might be going to a Wednesday through Saturday kind of thing. Yeah. And they and, and the farmers has never had to deal with this, you know, before. You know, now that the NFL added that extra game, now they've kind of they're merging in with the schedule and uh, with the NFL. So it's, it's and they also had Tiger too. Usually, yeah, that helps too. But uh, but like I said, even still, they they never had to compete with the NFL because they were always a week later. Um, but I don't. I I, I liked it because I was able to watch both and focus on both. But if I'm watching one or the other, then I'm just, it's, I'm not really paying attention to either one. So for me, it was good. I thought it was awesome. McLean, you don't like it. I don't want to give my take. It doesn't put me in a necessarily positive light. <laughs> no, this is great. You just, I love it. I'm, I'm encouraging you to share it. 
I have multiple TVs for a fucking reason, and they defeated me this weekend. <laughs> I'm struggling to find something on the other TV <laughs> to put during football yesterday. Sundays are kind of my deal. I like having football on one TV and the golf on the other. Normally, I'll go red zone and football and then sprinkle in the golf as it gets later in the day. But yesterday, I'm juggling between women's basketball and, and obscure NCAA games, which I have a women's big Women's basketball? I love women's basketball, but all I'm saying is that... Wasn't the LPJ Tour on? You couldn't put that on? I did watch the LPJ Tour finish, but it's like, I it wasn't, again, I feel like an asshole and an idiot. <laughs> making this argument like, well, this defeats my multiple TV arrangement. I mean, it just sound like an idiot, sound like an absolute idiot. Um, but you asked me my take. I didn't want to give it. No, that's, that's great. I don't know if I, I, I don't know. And think Saturday, CB- this Saturday, there was some really good college basketball. So I was okay with it. But then again, it was, it's not like I had, cause normally again, college football, and some golf. I had college basketball and golf, which I really like college basketball more. But at the same time, it's just, I don't know. It, it left a little to be desired. And quite frankly, Wednesdays, I want to be able to watch all week, every day, and, and really enjoy it, and especially with the new PGA Tour Live coverage. The earlier in the work week it starts, the less golf we're all able to actually enjoy. You'll speak for yourself, because normally I work weekends. <laughs> so... Typically, I'll have a week weekdays off, and I can watch some golf on my weekdays. But uh, yeah, I guess the CBS executives did not think about your two TV situation when they made that change. It's like I can't believe they're not like. Well, everyone has multiple TVs. If not, they have cell phones, iPads, and the whole nine. <laughs> this is this isn't a problem for 2022 American golf fans. Um, yeah, I mean, God. Heartless. Sounds elitist, I know. Heartless people. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but no. Um, so some other things that came out of the former's weekend. Um, Aaron Ray, is it Ray or Rye? I, I heard them say both names. Yeah, I think I heard podcast, both as well. So. You know how um, that happens? Well, I think he needs to be banned from the PGA Tour. He uses <laughs> he uses two gloves and has iron covers. Dude, <laughs> you lose your card. You lose your once you lose the iron covers, we'll give you your card back. I love that he's owning you see it. Though. Why he uses iron covers? I know I did not. So I I didn't like it either. But then you hear the story and you hear him tell it, then you feel like a real jackass. He was like, Man, I grew up, I grew up poor. I didn't have clubs. This is this is like first nice set I got was when I was a pro, first new set. So I put iron covers on because I was so protective over it. And I'm like, damn, bro, I, I feel you. Do yeah. you man. can't get mad at that? Can't get mad at the hate. He's used so, to it. Let it go, Mikey. Let it go. Be more inclusive, buddy. 2022. <laughs> That's nothing to do about being inclusive or not. Yeah, you're you're discriminating against the iron cover. Against the iron cover. Yeah, not the person. Well, I guess the, other the guy using the them. Cover. Yeah, absolutely, man. You try to throw him off the tour, Doug. <laughs> it's unreal. It's like absurd. You yeah. also, also have a stand bag, too. I mean, there's a lot of guys going to stand bags now, but. Um, God, two gloves. I mean, it's bad enough to have one. You see a guy with two gloves, you're like, ah. You see a guy with iron coverage, you're like, ah. They have both. Like, I mean, what does he get? The little thing on the side that he can tally his his uh his score up? And he's got he's got a little uh, hey, uh he wants to uh, add up he wants to tally up his paycheck with yours, pal. He's got a, one of those little putter sucker things that he puts so he doesn't that's right, you have to bend over, over pick it up. No, I mean the putter covers is funny to me, but um, like I said, he owns it. And he's like, whatever. He's like, I like them. That's it. He the owns two it. Gloves, 
He owns it. The two gloves, in my opinion, it's like if that's the way that you grew up playing for whatever reason, then that's what you're used to. Then like it's like, all right. I mean, that's like a grip. You know, it's like, oh, your grip's weird, but like that's what you're used to doing. So if you take that away, then it then becomes really strange. Yeah. Like the guys who play with no gloves. I don't know how they play with no like Jonathan yeah. Bird, like uh Lucas Glover. Freddie how do couples you guys play Freddie Couples. How do you play with no glove in the middle of August on the PJ tour? I guess they just don't play. <laughs> they all said they all had one thing in common. They all said that they were two four to four gloves as kids. And that's where they had to figure out a way to make it work. That's, that's the story I've heard from numerous of those guys. I know Freddie Couples and I think Luke Glover um, both claim that. And, and again, if I'm incorrect, no no shame or ill will to either of those guys. Uh, but I, I, that's where I heard they were forced basically to learn how to do it. Um so, I mean, hey, more power to him. I mean, that, that's yeah. pretty incredible. I think Lucas Glover had his stolen from his wife, if that's what it was. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. If you, a, if you miss another cut, I'm taking Jeez. your gloves away. Taking your gloves away. You don't get your gloves back until you win another event. That's fucking <laughs> uh, No more Cabretta for you, bitch. <laughs> and so the other weird thing, did you guys see the story on Maverick McNeely? So... He has been putting really well. And he was talking to his, I think it was his uncle, who's a dentist. And he was just telling his uncle, like, I just love how my hands feel on the putter right now. And I'm putting the best I ever have. So he was talking to his uncle. His uncle put dental mold on a backup putter of his. And then McNeely grabbed the putter and made the indentations with his grip on this dental mold on the putter. He then gave it to, I forget who his endorsement deal is with, club-wise. Whoever the manufacturers that he deals with, I forget off the top of my head, it might be Callaway. They're making a training mold grip for him. So he, if he ever feels off with his putting stroke in his hands, he's going to go back to this spare putter that's going to have an actual mold of his molded hands on a grip. That's I thought awesome. it was kind of unique awesome. and, and cool and awesome. different. I'm like, wow, that's that's next level thinking right there. That's next level yeah. income. Yeah. <laughs> he he I mean, really he really needs it. He really needs no, it. Here's the question. Here's the question. Who's paying for it? <laughs> the Callaway's paying for it. I mean, the dental mold. Uh, uh, you know, they're probably like, math, math, math. Come on, bro. You you ain't hurting. Let's let's <laughs> Help us out here. Help us out here. This is a forty thousand dollar putter grip. So let's <laughs> let's go let's go have these. Could be, easily could be. <laughs> I don't know. Have you guys ever done anything weird and unique to whether it's a training I, aid or just something to try to help your game? I still have an old Ping I two um, eight iron that has a training grip on it with a really strong grip, kind of the way I've had it. I've, it's I've had it forever. My dad, the grip is literally like splitting. Um, but it's something where I've always grabbed it. And I mean, you talk about hitting the old hold off. Um, it, it's a, like I said, a strong grip, but it's something that I've always been able to use as a barometer, um, grab it, throw it down, go hit some balls with it and just kind of, kind of get back to finding your motion, get back to finding that rhythm. It's something to where I know if I can get my hips releasing and I can just hit that little tight draw with that strong grip. I know I can find it with that golf club. It's a matter of getting a bucket of balls getting that golf club and enough time to sit out there and time it out. And then I refined uh, kind of where I'm at. I don't know, Jay, if you've ever taken time off like I do, 
but that's something I've always used. Like if I'm going back out, it's like I can start here and I can refine that timing. Well, we're about to find out because I haven't played any golf in the last two months. So this is a pretty long stretch here. Um, yeah, no, I, I didn't have any. It's so weird. I was trying to think about that all day today. And I was like, I'm, I mean, nothing that was crazy. And that's probably my personality. I was too conformist. But, like, I mean, the, the biggest thing I would do was just tweak in my grips a certain way. Like, I didn't want to like, – I used to use uh, grips with the reminder in them. And I had to put them on myself because it, I just just when somebody else put it on, what's square to someone else is not square to me. And same thing with my putter grip. Like I typically won't let anybody else put a putter grip on. If they do put it on and send it to me, if they get lucky and it's on there, good, then great. If not, I cut it off and put put my grip on there because it's you know it's, it sucks because some grips are nice and it's like it's a brand new grip. You know, it's like a thirty dollar grip. I'm just gonna slice right. it off because you, you can you can on. save those, Jack. Yeah, I know. I used to do that, but I just now I don't mess with it. I'm like, I'll just get another one. Go see your local PJ professional at the Founder Golf Club, and they can save that for you. They can needle it, and pull it off. Um, I know. I'm. I, I have to do my own grips too, which I'm getting ready to do. But no one will ever touch. I don't think I'm really that. I don't know. I don't. I guess I'm particular with them. I, it's just something about. I know what feels right. Yeah. And I just. How yeah. the tape, how the tape is, and I just, I don't know how it looks, and I don't want it crooked. I don't want it. I don't even use yeah. the label either, but it's still. I can just whether there's a little wave in the pattern or whatever, I can see that. It's just, but no, I don't think I've ever. I was trying to think as well when I saw this. I'm like, have I ever done anything really weird to try to get better at this game? Um, whether it's a, a training aid or well, I've done know, some superstition or like I've done some stupid drills. Um, a hundred percent like and i'm I'm on the range doing them i mean i would i, I don't i've got no shame I'll, I'll i'll go out there and put a basket between my legs or whatever you know if i'm trying to get something figured out it, it, i don't care if, it, if it's going to help me if i've got to shank them on the range of the at a pga tour event to get me ready i'll do it so i don't care you can sit there and watch me I don't, it doesn't bother me but um but yeah i can't think of anything that was like you know, that any type of weird training aid that I kind of always went back to. Um, no tin cup, no tin cup. <laughs> no, any superstitions? Uh, oh, I mean, I mark my ball heads up every time. Like, I don't even know why. It's just I've done it for 25 years. And now I'll, I, it, when I look down and it's not heads up, I'm like, I'm like, what happened? What happened? Is this my is this my mark? This is not my mark because I would never mark it tails up. And sometimes you just don't see it right, and you just you know you mark it. But typically, I would always mark it heads up. That way, if I did look down um, and it was tails, usually I would do I would mark it tails if I had to move my mark for some. I was just going to say a lot of people do it that yeah. way. If they have to move it, they flip it over so they and know I'll that see, they've moved it. I'll see it like and, and and that's what it does. I mean, if I if I ever look down, the first thing I think of is did I did I just move my ball for somebody? And then if I didn't, I'm like, oh no, I just must have marked it that way. But yeah. I always have to have four T's. Four T's? Four uh, T's. Weird. I keep one T, uh, one di- uh, uh, divot repair tool, and then one coin. One quarter. Well, that's because you use the brush T. I don't know what a brush T is. I use a tornado T. <laughs> Uh, John Hartline tornado twos are the, are the greatest ask any long drive guy. They all use them. And that's why they hit it long strictly because of the T. And what I do you use on par threes? I use like a broken T. Bro- whatever broken T. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't know what I was. I have to have four, not three, not five, four. I used to do the same thing. I I do love a wooden tee. It's it's cool, especially teeing up on a, a par three. But I it just was a pain in the butt. I, I'm not gonna lie. This the tornado tee. The, that's the cool. One of the coolest things about it is that I can use one tee for a month, and it's like I'm. I, it's always one T in my pocket. I don't, it never flies always. away. It's always, it's always right there. It doesn't jump out of the ground. I'm not searching for it. It's like, so it simplifies it for me. Well, you may that. have to change that because in production right now is some emerging nine golf podcast tees. So, mm. well, I could, yeah, well, we'll get those or I'll call John Hartline and see if we can get some E9 tornado tees and okay. then you just have to use them. <laughs> we can do that too. Yeah. I like, so like, especially when I'm at the foundry, I'm always picking up tees. On the mm-hmm. T bar, especially you know, the, I'm trying to throw away the broken ones and then just pick up the ones that are you know still usable. And I'll like have like six or seven in my pocket. One, I'm like son of a bitch, and I just start. I have to offload them in my. No, I need I need some of those teas, Mikey. I'm getting ready to go to the waste management for my brother's bachelor party, and I want to dump like like ten on each tea when I walk around. These guys, I'm gonna get my some of the buddies that I still have out there. I'm just gonna dump a bunch on the tea and like, hey guys, be on the lookout for some E9 teas. And you know, more the more times they see it, the better. Throw it out be. there. Yeah. Throw it out there. Dump like I'll just I'm gonna walk in and I'm gonna have to pull my stuff in my pocket when I go through the uh, metal detector. Excuse have, me, like, sir. What are these sharp 15, objects you have in your bags of teas? Like, what do you plan on doing with all these? That's just marketing. Don't worry about it. Oh, Gorilla marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with the stickers. That's right. And the koozies. How cool would it be if you're walking around, and you see a cool E9 koozie, and you just got a beer, and you're trying to keep it cool. Let me just use we, this. We've got you covered here at the Emerging Nine Golf Podcast. We've got you covered. And we got some hats coming too. We got hats coming, t-shirts, golf towels coming, people. We got things in the work. Yeah. Hopefully, everyone that listens to this podcast just wants to spend all kinds of money with us and just get yeah, everything E9 in their life. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. That's right. So your boy won again, still not. In the United States, but Victor Hovland. It's good. Third third event in what the last I don't know, six months, not even five months. He won uh where down in Mexico, right? Mayakoba. Mayakoba. Won the hero and now wins in the DP World Tour, formerly known as the uh European Tour. DP World Tour wins over in the Dubai Desert Classic. Tiger was always playing that event too. Um big appearance fee. Big appearance fee over there, but I actually, when I when I watch it, I can kind of I can remember a few of those holes, just because they have that par five with water in the front, almost kind of similar to to Tory risk reward, usually a lot of stuff in. But Hovland gets it done, wins in the playoff. McElroy comes in second, one one shot out of the playoff, kind of faltered down the end, hit a little. I didn't really see much of it, but yeah, Hovland up to number three in the world. He's good, man. I think he's going to win a major this year. I already I told you that. He's going to win Southern Hills, Oklahoma, baby. Oh, is that when you picked You picked yeah. him to win Southern Hills? I mean, yeah, he's just, I don't know. I like the guy. I've, already, I've, I've always said that, but I think he's got a great personality for golf. Like, it's just, he's not, nothing is, uh, there's no moment that's too big for him. He's just like, yeah, he's like, I play golf, you know? I mean, that's it. I play golf. It's fun. And if I win, that's awesome. If I don't, that's great. Let's just let's go to the next one. Let's have a good time and enjoy it. But he's a perfect example of a guy who he he hits it pretty long, but he's not the longest guy out there. 
Uh, he's just, you know, again, he, he's got control over his ball and he gets the ball in the hole. He hits it close to the hole. He's a decent putter. And we all know that he's, you know, had his struggles with his short game. But again, if you hit 16, 17 greens around, you know, you, you got a good chance to, to not make any bogeys. So. Is, is Rory ever going to get this thing figured out? What's mm-hmm. going on with Rory? He splashed one on the water late here. I don't know. It might even been on 18. You know, he's, it's hard to say. He's always still, he's always in the hunt. So it, he's never, it's not, I mean, we're rarely have we seen him go through a stretch where he's missing like five or six cuts. Like he's never rarely goes through that stretch where he's just like completely out of it. He just is not winning, you know, and it's hard because he's, he won so much early. And I think our expectations were so high of him. It's like, okay, he's the next tiger. I'm like, well, Jesus, nobody is the next tiger. I mean, no, I don't want him to be the next tiger, but no, but in terms of like dominance, you know, and I don't, he's not that guy. Like, um, but you know, you never know. He's still 30, was he 32, 33? Yeah, sounds right. Um, so he's still got seven good years. Uh, that he can compete and maybe pick up another a couple more majors, you know, who knows? But yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's so funny when somebody is so talented that you know when they just don't win. And you know when we had Curtis on, he said the same thing. He was just like, you know, it's it's innate. You just have to know how to win. And obviously he does because he's done it before. But sometimes you fall out of it a little bit. You know, whatever you know, other things going on in life. You know, family, kids. He's got a new kid. So, yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully he gets here back stateside and, and starts to, uh, you know, get in contention in the majors, real off couple wins. They don't have to be majors. You know, it'd be nice to see if he, him win another major here. It's been so I, long. He's kind of one of those guys that he can move the needle a little bit too. I know everyone talks about Jordan Spieth when he's in the hunt and when in the U S because he's just kind of like that, you know, He's like the underdog always, and he will always be that guy. Even if he's leading the tournament, he's he just – because everyone knows that he's not the best athlete. He's not the most skilled, doesn't hit the furthest. He's not the best iron player. I mean, he's a great iron player, great short game, but he's not the best of everything. Um, but he he's just kind of a winner. He finds a way to get it done. So, And he he's kind of a complainer, and everyone kind of – some people that annoys some people, but I think a lot other people look at it and think, Oh, he's, he's talking to himself. Like I do on the golf course, you know, kind of, you know, whining to yourself. But, um, but Rory, I think when Rory's in the hunt, like people, their ears perk up, you know, when he's like, Oh, Rory, yeah, there's, Rory. there's juice and a, a major. You're like, here he goes. Okay. Can, can Rory turn it on now? Like, is he going to win? You know, is he going to c- complete the, the, the grand slam and win the masters? <laughs> I think he does it. I think it's some, like I said, I think he's got seven, 10 years of solid golf and he's in great shape and he really hasn't had any health issues. That's the one good thing that he's, he's had for himself is he really hasn't hurt himself, um, you know, with any, any of his extracurricular activities. He does work out almost maybe a little, little too much, maybe, but I don't know, but it, it obviously is not hurting him in the sense like he's not getting, he's not injuring himself with his training. Whereas you got tigers doing a bunch of, you know, some crazy training. Yeah, now Bryson's hurt again. That's just a matter of time. We all knew that. Did you see him holding his back? 
No he cigar. missed missed the cut and was holding his back on, I guess, well, Thursday in round two on the back nine. He shot a million. So, yeah, he's hurt. There you go. But, yeah. So, we we have, um, as far as this week's golf, we get to AT&T, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, which we'll make our picks here in a second. But maybe the better field is over at the Saudi International which is now an Asian tour event because the European tour kicked them off. They have now gone over to your, or to the Asian tour have given these guys boatloads of appearance fees. There's 20 guys in the top 50 in the world playing in this event. Wow. You got DJ Xander Bryson is on the field of whether he still plays or not, I guess is a question. Cam Smith, Finau, the Spanish sensation, Abraham answer. The Bullfrog, Jason Kokrak, Patrick Reed, Paul Casey, Kevin Na, Matt Wolf, Thomas Peters, Joaquin Neiman, Mark Leishman, Phil Mickelson, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, Tommy Fleetwood, Lucas Herbert, Shane Lowry are your top 50 players playing in this. I will be very curious to see if any news comes out about the Saudi golf tour because it's we know it's Norman and they've come out with Slugger White and a couple other executives. They still haven't come out with any kind of format. You know, the Premier Golf League has come out with the format and the purses and all that kind of stuff. They don't have the flashy executives, and, and none of these leagues have come out with any players committing. I'm just curious. You know, th- these are the people, right? This is we've been talking about this for months. And these these Saudis, the Saudis, the Saudis, the Premier Golf League. I wonder if this is their avenue to make an announcement and say, "Hey, we got X, Y, and Z joining our tour," or Hey, here's the breakdown. Here's the first. Here's our details of our format of our series or tour or whatever they want to call it. I don't know. I just kind of something I'm looking forward to kind of watching the news wire this week. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, I'll be curious to see, too. I mean, the one thing with that tour and we've we've all expressed our opinions on this. I think that I think other tours pushing the PGA Tour is a good thing. Um, only because I think it will make the PJ tour better. It'll better uh, the product, better, a better product. It, it, am I, am I insinuating that I want all the players to be sp- spread out on a bunch of different tours uh, in the long run? No, but if it takes, if that's what it takes in the first year or two to kind of make it better, then yeah, I think it's good. Um, the one thing about this Saudi tour though, is like, like you said, Mike, they haven't given us anything like, there's nothing like the one good thing about the premier league is like, they, they kind of want to work with the PGA tour and like the off weeks and like, they're not, not they're, they're not going to have host their events in the same weeks that they're having a, a major event in the U S you know, w- whether it's a major or one of the bigger purse events. So they're kind of working with them a little bit, which I think if you want to try to start another tour like this, you need to, you need to work with the DP tour and you need to work with the PGA tour to, to try to coincide the schedules. But I haven't heard anything from Greg Norman. Um, and that's that's the one thing that's disappointing. It's like he, he it's like they don't have a plan. And it's like if you want guys to commit to a new tour, and I and I I I understand this only from what I did for 15 years because you know, again, this is a much smaller scale, but as you're jumping around playing, you know, all the the mini tours and the corn fairy tour, you're always looking, you're always testing 
who is running the tour? Like, how much can I trust you? Like you, you're telling me that there's guaranteed purse here for the year, for this season. Um, and I, how much do I trust you? And what have you given me? What details of the tour have you given me so I can commit? If you say, Hey, we've got 15 events on the schedule. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a great tour. And I'm like, okay, what are, are, are the guaranteed purses? Yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed purses. Okay. Where is that in writing? You know, so I know if, if something goes down and I've committed, I've paid an entry fee or like a membership fee. If you don't guarantee those, I want my money back. You know, it's stuff like that. I mean, I know that's a small. No, yeah, scale, it's like but yeah. the process is still the same. You have to vet these guys who are putting on this tour. And right now, it looks like, and maybe they have, maybe they they're doing this behind the scenes. But we haven't seen anything with with Greg Norman saying like, "Hey, this is what we're going to do. This is the plan. This is how much money we're going to have. This is what we're going to give you guys. This is how it's going to work." I mean, I. I just haven't seen any real major details. It's all no, they're just trying to they kind of flash the shiny objects of a lot of money and like some big executives. And it's like, okay, well, that's great. But yeah, like you said, what what's the format? How is this tour broken down or this series? Because I guess it's going to be, the rumors are it's going to be part of the Asian tour and going to be some sort of, you know, series, not necessarily its own tour, but. Like what? How was it all broken down? What's it formatted like? Is it, is it a team event, kind of like the Premier Golf League has? Is it, is it individuals? Is it shotguns? Is it three yeah. days? Is it four days? Where where are these events? You know, they've said they're gonna the Premier Golf League. They're gonna mix up United States and then worldwide, and it's just like you know, it's kind of a bad analogy, but like you got a buddy, like hey, I'm hosting a party. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be amazing. There's gonna be some really cool things. And then, well, what do you want? What are we gonna do? What's what? I know. Just just trust me. It's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be well worth your time to come to my party. It's gonna be amazing. Everyone's gonna be talking about it. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, well, what's some specifics? Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Just just trust just me. Come. It's gonna be just come. So so now you're putting all your trust and nothing concrete, just in the person who's delivering the news, which at this point is Greg Norman, Greg Norman, and that's it. So I think that's probably holding some people back. But the other part is like, how much, how much money is he offering? And for these guys to make that jump and to take that big of a risk and to lose some sponsorship in the U S because that's where they're going to make their money for the most part, unless they pick up new, new sponsorship and, and, you know, overseas, it better be a lot of money. I mean, because, yeah, if there is the right amount of money, then, yeah, the guys will go. If it's quadruple what they play for on the PGA Tour, then it's worth it for them. But if it's like, you know, it's a 25% increase, it's not worth it. 50 Well, yeah, because like the Premier Golf it. League is they're, they're saying it's a guaranteed purse. So you're guaranteed, me, guaranteed you come in last place, you're guaranteed to make X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. And then you get the team thing where you're guaranteed to make X amount of dollars and you get some team ownership. So what's the Saudi league? Are they just giving, Hey, we want you to come to our tour. Here's 30 million up front. And then that's it. And then you win what you win. And that is at the end of it. Or like, again, I mean, I'm sure, like you said, there's probably a lot of these conversations being had behind the scenes with agents and the players saying, Hey, this is what we're going to do, but I don't know. Come out, come out with the public and put your nuts on the line and say, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. We haven't seen it yet. So. But yeah, that that is going on. All those players got waivers from the PGA Tour to uh, to head over there and play in that event uh, since they're all going to miss the AT and T. So this is Pebble totally Beach. this is totally off topic. Um, okay, but in a rabbit hole. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, but it's kind of funny because it's it has to do with what <laughs> with, 
with what McLean was talking about earlier. I got a got a text from a buddy, and it's a picture of a pie graph, you know, circle. And it says, people happy the Bengals won. And it's this big orange pie graph. And it's got this teeny, teeny little sliver. It looks like maybe 1% of this pie graph. And at the bottom, it, it gives you the details. And it says, everything in orange, or I'm sorry, the, the, the tiny little sliver, um, that's roughly 1%, are this Cincinnati Bengals fans. Those are the people that are happy the Bengals won. And then the other 99%, are people just happy that they won't have to see Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Matthews again this season? <laughs> I mean, apparently they're terrible. I haven't, I mean, I, I haven't seen enough of him recently with Jackson Mahomes, but apparently it's. Yeah. It's, I haven't seen much of it either. I just see everyone just completely bashing him. Yeah. So whatever. Oh, well, I mean, I'm not one to bash people. So yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, not that's not thing. me. That's not my thing. Uh, that's great. <laughs> so before we uh, before we get into our AT and T Beach Pro Am picks, I never asked what's everyone drinking tonight. Uh, Corona Light. I'm I'm just gonna stop asking you, Jay. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a. I picked up a Knob Creek Twelve oh. a couple weeks ago, and it's I got actually got a. <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. It's going to sound like I got a problem. Um, but <laughs> with Jason, Jason Berman, but I got lucky enough to pick up a, a knob nine. I got a 12 and a 15. All wow. I just happened to get there at the right time and they had them all. And I'm like, God, really was just coming here to get one bottle. But I got, if they had the 15, I was like, I got to get the 15. And they got the yeah. nine. I was like, I might as well get the nine. We'll just set them all up in the bar. It looked cool. Love it. I was uh I was gifted the the Knob Creek Nine uh, for Christmas by someone. Uh, I have not had I haven't strong. cracked it yet, but I, I, it's it's on my uh, short list to to try here soon. So it's, it's it's got some heat. It's good though. It's good. Good. I am on um others. I'm on a little Weller Antique. Look at you, you fancy wow. bitch. You wow, <laughs> wow, you, you fancy bitch. You go and get your Weller. <laughs> I well. It's nice when you have two bottles of it. You can have a little and not feel like, oh, well, you know, I got to save it. So, um, yeah, a little Weller Antique. There you go. Cheers. Wow. Impressive. Give me I a weed. Go, I can go get something. I feel like I need to go pour something at this point just to keep up. Yeah. No, you're good. You guys, are you are you on the rocks? Are you neat? How do you guys drink your bourbon? Uh, I drink my oh bourbon. I thought you said I drink my Corona right out of the fridge. <laughs> right out of the fridge. Uh I I am a it depends on the size of the ice cube, but at my house my refrigerator has small ice cubes, so I go with three. Normally it's two, but if we're having a a an ice sphere, obviously it's only one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it just depends on the it, the the uh, the bourbon for me. If I've got something that's got a lot of heat, I'll um. I'll throw, you know, one, one cube in there, maybe two, um, or a big ball. But if it's something that I know that I like and it's great and it's good tasting, then I'll just, I'll just put in a, a teeny little, teeny little glass and maybe a drop or two of water here just to open it up and then roll. Definitely a teeny little glass, like the this one in your hand. This one's teeny and it's great. <laughs> you know, what's good about this is that 
you fill it up halfway and it's still like a shot and a half and you don't feel like you're, you know, drinking too much. It is definitely a shot glass, correct? No, no, this is bigger than a shot glass. This is about, this is about, this is like a four ounce. What do you uh, think his uh, hands are like Shaq holding a Coke can? I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. This <laughs> is not a shot glass. This is like a little bit bigger than a shot glass. This is four ounces. Yeah. When I, when I'm drinking really good stuff, it's neat. I don't even want to touch it with ice or water. Or, um, and obviously I drink way more neat in the winter time too. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I, if I'm somewhere cold, like on a golf trip, yeah, I'm drinking it neat. Yeah. Like obviously in the but summertime, even, like it's, it's sometimes it's hard to drink it neat. I'll put an yeah. ice cube or two in it. But even in the, I mean, even a good bourbon, you know, it, it's okay. I mean, it's okay to, to put a drop or two of water in it. Doesn't, it's not like you're, no, and it can change the profile. It just and, and bring out some different things. It just opens it up a little bit. Sometimes, you know, if, if you've got like a barrel proof, you know, that's like 120, 125, 130 proof, like a couple of drops of water is, I mean, that can help open it up. So oh, you, yeah. you actually can taste the flavor a little bit. Um, and then, you know, your palate will get adjusted after that, those first couple of sips anyway, and you start to taste it. But yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I just I just I just wanted to bring up what we were drinking because I because what because what I was drinking. So yeah, you just wanted to gloat, <laughs> you you mf'er. <laughs> you can say it. You can say it on yeah. here. It's a lot. You can. You can. It's a lot. I already called so, you a bitch earlier, so I was. Just did you stop there? Yeah, I was like, you little bougie bitch. I think I did uh, uh, something whatever. close to that. <laughs> I get called so many names that don't really register with me normally. <laughs> I'm not easily offended. So, all right, we got AT and T Pebble Beach this week. Um, Pro Am, you get to watch Bill Murray do snow angels and bunkers, and Chris Berman shank balls over the green. And can we stop with the fucking celebrities already? But um, it's fun seeing Pebble every year. I wish they would show more of the other golf courses. You know, they play Spyglass and, and Monterey Peninsula. I would say we'd show a little more of those. And I know beautiful. I know it's hard, right, to put cameras on three different golf courses. So I get why they don't, but um I, I just I wish they would show those golf courses more. But it's always always great seeing Pebble Beach every year. Again, not the greatest field because the Saudis stole everyone. But um and all three of us are very down on our teams and our picks. For DraftKings yeah. this week, who wants to go first? I'll get mine out of the way. Okay, I'm not. I'm not loving. I'm not. You're loving very it. negative. Like, yeah, I'm, usually I'm pretty positive. This one, I didn't have enough time to really dive in here. But either way, you can blame me. I sent out the yeah. uh, the the invite. It's just it is Late. what it is. Like it's just it's a weird event. You've got you know a lot of the favorites are all kind of they're all. It, the top of the uh, price range there. And then the rest of the field is just kind of like, you know, you got a bunch of guys, guys that have, that have missed half of the cuts this year with no like consistency at all. They don't have a great history at the golf course. They've made, you know, half of the cuts. It's like, I I mean, who knows? Like I I got nothing to go on, but needless to say, this is who I've got. Um, I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up. I've got Wyndham Clark, um, He's at seven thousand bucks, and the only reason I've picked him is because he's made seven out of eight, uh, seven out of eight cuts. So, you know, if he can find a way to make a cut here um, and get me, you know, sixty, seventy fantasy points, that that'd be awesome. 
at seven. I, I, I almost picked him. He's a good ball striker, small greens yeah. at Pebble. Now, granted, they got to make the cut to even play Pebble twice, but yeah, um, putting doesn't normally matter that much here again. Poena, just like it was last yep. weekend. So, yep. So yeah, I mean, you're right. Exactly. All the all those things you listed is kind of exactly why I picked him at seven thousand. We'll just see if it if it pans out. Um, another guy, uh, seventy three hundred, Matt Neesmith. Um, he's made six of the last nine cuts, but he's got a pretty decent, um, pretty decent history at uh, Pebble. He has finished um, last year. He finished sixteenth, and in twenty twenty, finished eleventh. So he obviously likes the golf course. I mean, in terms of his play as of recent, I think he's made five of the last seven cuts. So nothing crazy, Um, you know, one top 20, but again, at the price range, uh, I'm hoping that it it pans out. Uh, Then I jump up to Adam Hadwin, six of eight, the last couple cuts, 7,400 bucks. He was playing pretty solidly and then he missed the cut last week. Um, which is kind of a bummer, but um, again, these are all kind of our low, lower tier guys. So um, just again, those guys, I'm just, you just, if you can make the cut with these guys in the 7,000 range or below, then you feel like you're, you're doing something. Um, and then I kind of jump up to kind of my, the guys, that, the, the horses that I'm, I'm really banking on. And I start with Streelman, Kevin Streelman, um, six of eight cuts this year uh, with the wraparound season, but has played, really well here he just and i know streelman we go back and he just loves this event like he just loves he gets so much energy playing in these pro-ams and playing with the he's such a kind of a a communal guy like he likes to talk he likes to ham it up with the the with the with doesn't the, he always play with uh larry fitzgerald yep always plays with larry fitzgerald and they just have a blast i think they've won it the larry and the team has won the event before and they just they have a blast every time they play in it. And he just I, he loves the loves the place. I mean, I'm gonna spit off some crazy numbers for one guy who is not ranked in the top 50 in the world at this tournament. I'm gonna start from 2021 and go back. He finished 13th, second, seventh, sixth, 14th, 17th. He did miss a cut, and then finished 40th and finished ninth. That's, that's the last 10 or 11 years of this golf tournament, which is insane. Wow. Um, so is that indicative of him having another great finish? No, but it's as good as I can get. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I'm going with my boy Streels. Um, he's at, uh, 9,100. And then I jump up to Seamus power. Who's, you know, I don't need to go into too much. Yeah, deep, he's been, he's been playing pick. well. Um, and he's just, he's just been on a roll here the last, uh, last you know, four or five events. So, um, I'm going to give him a shot. And then, this is kind of a weird pick for me. I've got a weird vibe that Justin Rose is kind of falling into like the Justin Rose of old. And for a guy who's always been known as a great ball striker, um, I feel like he's kind of turning the corner here. And I, I feel like the, the great ball strikers win this event. You know, people who really control the ball tee to green. So I'm going to give him a shot. Um, he He's only played in this event twice, finished – he hasn't played here since 2017. He finished 39th and then uh, sixth in 2016. So, I mean, nothing crazy. Um, played well last week. He played well last week. He's been playing pretty decent. I mean, he hasn't missed a cut. And I mean, I shouldn't say that he hasn't missed a cut in like eight or nine events. But um, 
he's starting to play a little better. Um, so anyway, that that's kind of a weird pick for me for that price range at ninety six hundred bucks. But I think he's he's finding a good rhythm. So we'll see. I've really talked myself into that lineup there. I didn't there like go. it at first, but just that was really a very sold it to, my, sold it to myself. Synopsis. For somebody who doesn't like, for somebody who doesn't like their lineup, I really, I really went went deep on that. Like, I don't know how you can do that much research on five people you hate, <laughs> six people you dislike. I don't know. Yeah. It's great. Uh, I'm, I don't have that much info on my squad. <laughs> All right, uh, moving right into it though. Do it. Number one, uh, local boy Maverick McNeely. Yeah. Um, Again, guy grew up in the area. Just like him. Um, moving down from there, West Texas slanger, Ryan Palmer, 8,900. I That's don't think weird. I need to cover that anymore. Um, below are you, him. Are you just going to pick him every week? Every week that he plays, are you going to pick him? Week. Yeah, I'm riding it. I'm riding it. Um, <laughs> below him, I have uh, Charlotte native, or not Charlotte native, but Charlotte resident. Uh, Mr. McKenzie Hughes, uh, who's been playing some good golf, uh, quietly ranked 37th in the world. Keep track of that. Uh, I, I expect to see more good stuff out of him. Um, moving down from there, my number two every week, Mito Pereira. Get him at 8,300. It makes it easy when you only have to think about four picks. Um, again, for reasons I don't need to go back and cover. Uh, Patrick Rogers, another California boy. I think he's uh, going to be comfortable in this type of atmosphere. Um, got him coming in at 7,400. He's been playing a little bit of decent golf lately. Uh, been been showing himself. He, he had a bad weekend this past weekend, but ultimately uh, he's made some cuts. He did finish fourth at the Bermuda Championship back in October. Um, struggled at the Worldwide Technology in Mayakoba, but ultimately came back and made his last three cuts at the RSM, Amex, and Farmers. Um, from there, we're going to go into a veteran of the PGA Tour, Mr. Scott Piercy. Uh, he's five of eight cuts made. He's missed. He hasn't played fantastic he missed a couple cuts he had a bad weekend at the farmers after going uh 76 72 i'm sorry uh 72 66 finished up with 76 78 on the weekend look for him hopefully to bounce back but again a guy who i think's played this course a good bit and hoping to um draw from some experience hasn't been hasn't missed a cut in the last six events out there too also true also true according to the stat that my buddy just provided me yep yep <laughs> Just letting you know, 50th, 18th, 10th, 20th, and 55th in the last five events. So, I mean, you know, that's a, for DraftKings, that's a that's a good play. There you go. So, um, I would have wiped the floor with you two last week if we didn't open it up to everyone else. I just want to state that. <laughs> you got beat by my mom, bro. Yeah, so did you. <laughs> Who won the week before? Did we even talk about that? I don't even know who it was. I don't know how to identify him. It was was Miz. Miz something. Let me check the email. Did he ever email us? I finished second by like a a half a point or something. Yeah, it was like a point and a half. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, my squad for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Starting at the bottom, 7,200. Troy Merritt. I don't really know why. Um, He hasn't played much in the new calendar year. Um but going back to the fall series, he uh, played very well. A lot of high finishes, a lot of cuts made, a lot of top 30s. So we're going to hope he gets back on track here uh, now that he's 
in the swing of things in 2022, Troy Merritt, 7,200. Three straight, I'm, three straight top 25s at the Pebble the last three years. There you go. You knew that. I did know that. Um, 7,600, Matt Kuchar. Kuchi. He's just been kind of plodding along. You got three short golf courses. So I, I think he's going to play well. I mean, they're not going to, you don't have to overpower these things. He's had a lot of top 40 finishes this year. You know, he can stiff his caddy and <laughs> the uh, margin up. He's also a guy that I don't think will, he's great in a pro am, right? He's always going to have a smile on his face, easygoing guy. He's not going to be bothered by all the stupid stuff going on around him and yeah, watching some big wig executive shank it all over the place and chili dip it, you know, who has a good personality for this event. (laughs) Then I'm going up to Michael Thompson, 7,900. Not sure what you're going to get from Michael Thompson. His last three finishes, 5th, 144th, 11th. So uh, hopefully he gets off his trend here in the last few events. Have you seen the beard that Michael Thompson? It's a serious beard. I get uh, beard envy. It is thick and long, and it's marvelous. That's what she said. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, thick, it's long, so, and marvelous. It's so. I mean, it's it's so out of character for him too, because he's not. He was always kind of a clean cut guy, like. But now he's got this beard that's just enormous. It I is think enormous. It's, it's awesome. So, got him at seven nine hundred. Then I go up to uh, Mackenzie Hughes on McLean's team. I think we're going to have a sneaky weekend out of him. McLean already talked about him a little bit. Then I'm going up to Tom Hoagie, 8,500. Has been playing well. Um, played well here last year. Played well here in the U.S. Open. So I like Tom Hoagie at 8,500. And then last but not least, $10,300. Mr. Jordan Spieth. Mm. He just plays well at Pebble. He does like it here. He, he likes Pebble. Pebble. Bad he plays well. well. And you know, it's funny because he's not a bad putter. I shouldn't say that because it does not make sense. He's from his distance, he's incredible. Um, he's probably one of the rare guys that's an incredible putter that has an incredible history at Pebble. Yeah. He's outside of never missed Tiger the, Woods. Tiger yeah. Woods is pretty strong there. Jordan's never missed the cut at at Pebble. The his worst finish is forty fifth. And outside of that, it's 21st. Yeah. Uh, and Andy's won there. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. So I like Spieth to contend this week. I'm not sure he'll win, but he will contend up there. I agree. Uh, Pebble. So there it is. And uh, you gents have anything else? No. Get your mind right. Um, my, my, my lineup is actually getting stronger. As I as the more I talk you, the more you look at it, talk about it. Yep, you're a salesman. I'm a uh, I sold myself. I sold myself on my lineup. <laughs> let's go, boys! All right, let's do this. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in and enjoy some golf this week and um, no football this weekend, so we get all golf. Focus all on golf. the golf, and we'll uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Later. Take Cheers. Care.